This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. My favorite music. That means we are back for another episode of Playing It Forward. My guy, my numero 101. 101. Dang, you got a lot of friends then. 101. 101. Mike Sauter. I'm only 101. 101. I thought I was higher than that. It's pretty high. (laughs) It's pretty high. Have you recovered? You look nice and and tan. I'm working on the sunburn. Are you? That's what I call it. Like, I'm working on a sunburn. Lord knows that didn't come from doing any housework. Nope. Sure didn't. Cut the grass, mow, anything? I actually mowed yesterday when I got back. I was like, I stink. I need a shower. I got a bunch of sunscreen on anyway, so I'm just going to mow after being outside for like 15 hours. That's your, that's your first fatherly duty? Domestic this duty? This week? Bro, it's Wednesday. Yeah. I was out of town for two days, for Monday and Tuesday. This what do you guy, want me to do? Good living. Way out kicked his coverage with his <laughs> wife, that's for sure. Uh, we've been so, we were going to get away from this, and then all of a sudden we got lured back in with legacies. I think we could just keep it going. <laughs> well, there's, there's so many good people right. that come to mind. And the, our, this week's guest in particular, uh, I have a particular affinity for. Um, former teammate. Really did a good job of kind of being patient and bringing me along and telling me, you know, how to kind of do life better. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm struggling as a young buck. I was going to cuss, but I At, not. Well, you, that's what you do. I was going to say how to not be a something, but then I figured. It's I'm fine. Not, it's, I'm not offended. We'll let it go. We'll let I'm it. not offended. It's okay. This week's guest, uh, he's a legend. Um, one of the fan, I would put him in probably the top six or seven favorites in the last thirty years yeah, of for sure. former Huskers. He is uh, almost impossible not to like, especially if you like competitors. This week's guest, Baron Miles, joining us on playing it forward. B, good afternoon, man. How are you? Well, good good mid morning for you. Yeah. Good mid morning, exactly. No, it's it's good. I had my morning workout already. Uh, I'm ready to go. So. Uh, it's good so far. It's not so, too hot right now. Well, it's getting there. It's, yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's so almost you're in there. Arizona, right? I am in Arizona, correct. What's the temp right now at 10 o'clock? It got to be about 90. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it got to be hot. Yeah. Is it, I don't even know. Like, you got to get everything done like at 7 in the morning because it's so too hot in the afternoon. You do. So this is kind of new because you spend some time, a lot of time north of the border too. So this intense heat is different for you. You realize the last couple of times I was in Arizona, I burnt my fingertip to the touch on a vehicle. Yes. Don't touch cars. It's hot. First of all, I had only been there (laughs) about six hours. So I wasn't really, you know, I'm getting acclimated. I'm sliding between some cars at the rental place. And I was like, it was unbelievable. 
No, it's, it's very hot. Yeah. Between mid early mornings and then the late evenings is when you're getting your work done. <laughs> when, I, when I first got out here, well, last year, well, no, not even. When I first got out here, I stayed a little bit longer for the summer before I went back north. And then uh, I went to go play basketball. I love playing basketball. Still. So, it, it, yeah, it was probably about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I got out there. I took about two dribbles. I said, what am I doing? Yeah. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> and then I realized nobody else was out there shooting. Nobody. Nothing's moving. Nobody's out there. So I'm going yeah, I'm going back home. I mean, it, it was terrible. I was like, how could you live like this? This is crazy. But talk talk, do, talk to our listeners a little bit about what you're doing out there, B. Uh, in Arizona, um, basically, um, I try to emulate what I had as a child. Um, I find my, my, my son and daughter friends, and then um, they're most of my athletic and athletes. So, I try to get together with them. We run hills. We do different training things. We do basketball from basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever sport they're playing, lacrosse, whatever there is, I try to help them as much as I can with my influence of just the ability to be able to run, be able to get up and down a basketball court, sit sit down, stand up, do a push-up correctly, just do fundamental movements I try to help them with, especially when I see them. And I'm like, hey, you're pretty good. You're a big kid. All right, whatever. Um, just just a good big, not a sloppy big, but a good big kid. And he just need guidance in which way to go. And so I was try- I, I try to do that because a lot of guys did that for me when I was growing up. And I wanted to share, you know, that experience that I've had as an athlete, as a pro athlete, amateur athlete. And I can give it back to them, especially that mindset. So um, that's what I do now. I, I, any kids I see and they playing a the sport, I walk over to them and say, hey, let's go play. And they say, hey, old man, get out of here. <laughs> then, I, then I start playing, and then they realize, like, hey, you're actually pretty good. All right. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I can do okay. And so uh, that's how it begins. And then I, I gain a bond that way, and um, I just try to help them as much as I can. What do you, what do, you do with the sloppy ones, though? The sloppy ones, I just help them just little, 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 little games. We just start playing little games. Yeah. And then I go more mental with those guys. Yeah. I go more mental saying, do you believe that you could be this type of an athlete? Do you believe you could be where Shaquille O'Neal is? I said, because I can't teach your size. Right. You're a big kid. I can't teach that. Nobody can teach that. That's what you're going to have over everybody. And so I said, what we need to build is your confidence that you can run, you can move, you can be athletic as those guys. But it's going to be hard work because right now you don't want to do that. So you got, I got to change his mindset in that aspect of it. So that's where I go with those guys. And then the true dominant athletes, I got to rein them guys in and say, you're not as good as you think you are. You're just better than everybody right now. So Somebody- when they get older, then – you're going to have to learn how to be, compete with those guys because now they're smarter, bigger than you, better than you. Now how do you beat those guys? Let's rewind a little bit. Everybody here is Baron Miles. They automatically think Nebraska football, um, the illustrious NFL or C- NFL and CFL career, um, mm-hmm. kind of a uh, – you've got the coaching prowess, the community aspect. I want to go back to Roselle. Yep. I want to go back to Jersey, right? Because when I first met you, significantly smaller than me, um, you didn't really talk. 
it, it, it was there was something kind of like either this guy doesn't like me, he's just a, <laughs> he's he's got he's just a a tough guy. Like something is different about this guy. Walk us quickly through Roselle, New Jersey, and how you get to Nebraska, and the situation in which you found yourself under enrolling at Nebraska. Yeah. Uh... In Roselle, um, I grew I was born in Newark, New Jersey. Um, my mom and dad divorced and separated, moved us to Roselle. My first experience in Roselle, I got three older brothers. <laughs> my first experience, I'm young, small little kid, snotty-nosed kid. We go to the, to the park. We go to the park, and we was playing a game, whatever. So we go get in line to get some water. We stood in line for maybe 20 minutes because the kids in front of us wouldn't let us get water. Mm. They was drinking water to, Hey, you want some water? We're going to let the, cause we was new. Nobody yeah, knew yeah, us. Right. So from that point on, <laughs> my four brothers said, Hey, we're not staying in line no more. So after that point, nobody did that to us again. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna earn our water. So you came by. So you came by it honestly from the jump. Yeah. Yep. From it, it was. It was. That was my mindset from that point on. It was like, no, we all together. Me and my brothers are close, and one mess with us, we all go. If he's too young for me to fight, I'm coming to get you to fight. So I could be walking home from school and I could see my brother walking up the street. I said, uh-oh, I got to fight. I take my <laughs> bag off, doing everything. He said, hey, come on, I got this kid for you. And then I got to fight. That was, that, was, that was it. And I was always small. I was somehow too slow. I was always, I couldn't jump. And that carried over with me as in, I'm going to prove you wrong every step of the way. And it, it never left. And that carried over to um, going to Nebraska. That carried over as far as I didn't think I ran a 10, 8, 10, 900. I don't think that's slow, <laughs> but I know it's not a 10, 4. It's not a 10, 2, 10, 3, 10, 6. Mm-hmm. I get it. But a 10, 8, 10, 9, I'm watching guys run now. They're blowing people out running 11 flats. I'm going, <laughs> y'all calling me slow? I'm going, all right. I high jumped six seven, six six, six seven in high school at five nine. I'm going, I think I could jump. Well, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that just carried over. And once I got my my the door opened up for me to go to Nebraska, and I had another hurdle that was with the SAT and just passing it, period. Um, I knew I couldn't pass it. I mean, it was it was the words seemed so crazy to me and everything, that aspect of it was just tough. Now, mm. half of it was my fault. Half of it wasn't. Half of it, the other half that was my fault was I just did enough in school so I could play football. School was so tough for me that I didn't like it. That was, that was the downside to it. I just didn't like school. And so the teacher told me, you can't play sports if your grades are not good enough to play. And I said, what do I need to play football? She said, as long as you have C's, you'll be able to play. So I did enough to get that C so I could play football. That was my saving grace 
Um, football was my saving grace for school. And I know people say it's the other way around, but if I didn't have football, I probably would have dropped out of school mm. just because when I'm on a football field, you can't tell me anything. <laughs> that's my world. That's, that's my joy. That's my, like, I'm bigger than life once I hit that football field. And you, you can't take that from me. The only way you could take that from me was me not having above a C average. And that was my fault of it because I didn't put enough energy into it. But that was also my crutch. That was also my weakness because you're dumb. You're not smart enough. You're not, that's the bullying part of it where I wasn't as confident as in learning that stuff in school because it came, became a hard task for me. And then find out when I got to Lincoln, um, I was dyslexic. So I never knew. I, it, school was it hard for me. But I knew I didn't really want to participate in it, but it was just tough. But that was my edge. That was my, I knew all, probably like middle of my freshman year at Lincoln. That's when they figured out I was dyslexic. I got tested and that's when they figured it out. But to walk through that door, I didn't pass the SAT, so I had to come in on a Prop 48. I couldn't practice with the team. I couldn't do anything with the team. I had to lift on my own, do everything on my own. So, again, that was like me taking that drink first, sitting in line for 20 minutes, take, trying to get some water. That's all this was. It was just that another step. And I said, I can't let this happen again. So I stayed on my grades, made sure I had enough the grades to play. And once I had the opportunity to play, I wasn't giving nobody the opportunity to take it from me. And that, that's, that's the bottom line. That's what I try to share with everybody. So Prop 48 obviously isn't a thing anymore. But in, Correct. That, that changed your life. It did. Yes, it saved my life. Yeah. Because otherwise, Whoa. I'd have been going maybe to, I don't know. That, I, that, that's not hyperbole. Yeah. You're yeah. saying the opportunity to have the ability to go as a partial qualifier. Correct. Saved your life. Yes, it did. I was going nowhere. If I didn't get if I didn't get that opportunity to take the prop forty eight, no, I'd have been done. You know what's the, interesting about that? Go ahead. Because I, I kind of what he has such a fascinating college career. So you know what you were known as to us, right? We see you right. constantly on a bike. You won't talk. Um, you you move fast. First one on the field, the last one off. We're like, there's something about this guy. Where did the discipline come from? Yeah. Because so far, it, it's been about survival. Right. Yeah. But you're known as a guy, didn't drink, didn't smoke, man a few poor decisions. Like, where did the discipline come from? That, that came from my, my mom. I didn't want to let her down. Um, she allowed me not to work in high school when I probably should have worked with my brothers, but she, I said, mom, if I want to train and I want to work out for football, cause that's what I want to do. I said, if I don't make it, if I don't make it to college to play, I'm going to work the rest of my life. I said, just give me this opportunity. I'm not messing around. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing any drink, going out drinking. And she allowed, she said, you go do your training. Don't worry about it. Go do your training. Mm. Do what you need to do to get it done. And so 
when I went off to school, I wasn't there to joke around. My job when I got there was I'm playing football. I'm not going to Lincoln, Nebraska just to be part of the Cornhuskers. I'm going to play. I'm going to be do my thing and show everybody that, okay, he's good at he's a good pot wanna player. Oh, he's a good high school player. He's not gonna make it in, in college. There's no way. He's too small. It, it's impossible. Okay, we'll see. Then all of a sudden, oh, he's he did, you know, he did pretty good in college. Oh, he won't make it to the pros. There's no way. Ah, oh, it's impossible. So it, the story never ended for me. And at the same time, I probably kept it going myself, just as a self-motivating thing, saying they always doubt me. Okay, I'm gonna show you. And I just kept that edge on. And I there was nothing else for me to do. There was nothing else for me to do just other than I was there to play football. I was there to train. I was there to make sure that my schoolwork was up. I went to my classes, did everything I was supposed to do. If I failed after that, some would say I had a terrible career. I say I survived. I did everything I was supposed to do and more. The fact that I became a Hall of Famer in the CFL, played 15 years of pro professional football, I say I did more than survive. I lot thrived. Of so to me, yeah, it's part of my life and I it's that that's what I try to instill in my 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 three kids now is no one's going to hand it to you. You got to go get it. If you're going to get it, they may crack the door open for you if they see that you want it. And then if they really see that you invested in it, they're going to open it up even more. And now you got to step through and own it. And that's, that's what I try to teach them and tell everybody, all the kids that I meet. Yeah, I, I'm going to help you, but you got to help yourself first. And if they do that, I'm, hey, I'm all in for you. I can help you as much as I can. How do you close the door behind you, though? Like, the door is wide open, but how, what's the mentality to, you know, survival mentality to get there and get through that door and the crack and then the bigger opening? But how do you keep it shut behind you because you know people are coming for that spot too. They can always, they can always come. You're never going to be better than me. That, that was my, my, I worked so hard to get here. I could help you and you still won't beat me. That's my mentality. That's what I, that's how I can close the door. Like you saying he wasn't a, he wasn't an a-hole, but I would help you as much as I can because if you're good, I'm going to be even better because I know how good you are. So if that's closing the door, that's closing the door. But at the same time, I see people, I'm not helping him. He's competing for my job. Yeah. No, I want you to be as good as me because I think I'm going to be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was, I don't know. I can't, like Damon said, I, I can't explain it, but that's, that's me. That's, that was inbreded in me and it just stayed with me. I, I don't take success and say, ah, I can relax. It's over with. I didn't take it that way. Every great cup I won, I didn't really celebrate. I didn't celebrate a great cup until I became a coach and my wife made me celebrate. She said, we're celebrating tonight. And I was like, she said, next year can wait. Don't worry about it. I was always on to, I got to be better for next year. And that, that's, that's how I played so long, I guess. And that's how I kept what I had. Let me, I almost want to fast forward to Jen. Let me, let me, let me stay with football here just for a second because okay. you got a fan. There's so much to your story, 
So, B, you you had Tommy was a roommate, Frazier. Yes. I think you had Tyrone Williams. Yes. And did Mike, was Foreman with you? Mike Foreman? Or Mike did Foreman with me for a little bit and uh, Aaron. Okay. Davis. Aaron Davis. All right. So, what, so, so I that tell was, That was probably fun. So let me like ask I just those names right there. You guys know them more, but I'm like, that was pretty, probably pretty wild. Okay, right but let, let me, <laughs> like, so let me t- let me tell you what at least three of those guys had in common, and we talk about yeah. Does a rising tide yeah. lift all boats? Yeah. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. So do you 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 surround yourself with successful people. The, the podcast called Planet Forward, yeah. right? Little yeah. tip: three of the three of the aforementioned T phrase, no nonsense. Right. Extremely competitive. Yep. Didn't do any talking unless it was on the field. Yep. Tyrone Williams, similar situation academically. Yeah. Um, highly, highly competitive. Did most of his talking on the field. How important for you was it to surround yourself with people that were only trying to do what you wanted to do? That's I tried to, but I didn't at the same time because I knew why I was there. I knew if you wasn't going in the right direction, I wasn't going with you anyway. (laughs) 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 It didn't didn't even matter in that aspect. It was um, a quick story. Um, My first roommate, when I first got to Lincoln in, in the dorms, it was another guy. I forgot his name. He was from New Jersey as well. Um, same situation, Prop 48. Yeah. He went out, partied all the time. I'm in my bed. I'm not, that's not why I'm here. So he came back. He said, hey, man, they tried to jump me. I was like, well, who tried to jump me? He said, they can't, they, they tried to jump me. They're in the parking lot. I said, I'm not going in the parking lot. I said, he's like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right. And he, he went out the door. But next thing you know, he was no longer on the team. I'm not, that's not, that's not why I was there. If we was out together and I'm hanging with you and we, all right, something jumped off. All right. That, that affected me. All right. I didn't go out, out to look for this. You did stop going out. You're not here to go out. Especially we on a short string as it is being a prop 48. We got a hard enough hurdle. So stuff like that. Nah, I, I, I try to put myself around guys that was, had the same drive and hunger and things like that. But if they didn't, I was going to make my own. And I was going to like, like I, I tried to have like an aura around myself. Like you knew I, why I was there. Mm-hmm. When I stepped in the room, you knew, okay, he's ready to work or whatever. Let's go. And that's what I tried to present when I, when I did come into a room. R- Real quick, you um, found yourself living with a guy, Tyrone Williams. I, yes. I always tell people, I say the real magic happens as a teammate or a coworker or a sibling when you can celebrate and want the best for yes. somebody else, even yes. though it could potentially come at your expense. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It, yes. It's true selflessness. Tyrone Williams was a guy that obviously ended up playing opposite you. But yes. played the same position. Correct. Hard Correct. to invest in guys with guys that could be perceived as a threat. How'd you cross that threshold? I, I like again, I I always imagine that 
my skill sets were better than everybody else. <laughs> I didn't have to downplay no one else. To be honest with you, that's that's how it was. I I felt that when the ball go up in the air, I could play the ball better than anybody else. I just wasn't bigger. If I was six two, six one, this would be a different conversation. This would be totally different. But I was five nine. I was always under pressure. I I had to go tackle. I had to run into people. I had to do those things where bigger, taller, faster receiver DBs may not have to go through all that. Where for me, I didn't. I couldn't let up one step. As soon as I came up with air, I lost, and I, I didn't want that to happen. I still helped people because. I believed in myself. If I didn't believe in myself first, no one else is going to believe in me. That was, that was the key. And that's why me and Tyrone got along so well because he felt he was better than me. I felt I was better than him. And <laughs> understand it. It didn't matter. It was just like, I could play. Yeah, he could play too. All right, let's go play. And it, it didn't matter. That's why when Coach Osborne came to me my senior year and said, hey, you know, we're trying to build something here. And we need the younger guys to get reps to be able to continue this. And he said, do you mind subbing in and out sometime with Leslie Dennis at the time? And I said, no, coach, if that's what you want, that's, that's what you want. I said, but crunch time and something happens, I'm your guy. He said, nope, you're the guy. Don't worry about it. That's not a big deal. I had, that was no, that wasn't, that's part of teamwork. That's, that's, that's part of being on a team is being able to sacrifice those little things to, to show your, your teammate that he, he has my back. He's not spiteful. He's not hateful. He's not doing those devious things and saying, he can't really play coach. He's messing up. No, that's not being a team. A team, you being together and pulling for one another. And, and that's what makes success. And that's, we, that's what we had. You're, you're, you said you have three kids, obviously. Yes. One in Nebraska. And how do you – I love what you said about, hey, I'm going to worry about my stuff. Like the the best players, if they just worry about their stuff yep. and not worry about putting down the person behind them or the opponent or all of that stuff, they just worry about them. Like how do you – the culture obviously is different in the world today as far as Correct. athletics and social media obviously plays into that and all that. But, I mean, I, I'm on – courts and fields and everything all the time. And I see so much of the, the better kids just kind of talking stuff, putting down, I don't know if it's put down, but talking stuff and all that, like just kind of shaming the other dudes and all of that. How does, how do you, how do we change that? <laughs> like, um, you, you, you like, um, for me, I have a theory on it because, I like, I love working with kids. I work with them a lot and things like that. Um, What I try to do is I never put the best players on the same team. Mm. Like if you're in practice or you're doing things like that, you put them with guys, you know, at at tail end of the bench Mm. and you say, make them better Mm. and see how much work that takes. Or you put them in uncomfortable situations. So when I go watch, other athletes play, other kids play. I watch and I look for which kid is uncomfortable. And then I look for the kid that is comfortable, which is probably going to be the biggest, fastest, strongest kid on the court. He's going to be the comfortable because he knows nobody could beat him. Right. 
So now I want to take that kid and say, I'm going to put you with a bunch of kids that are bigger than you and watch him turn to uncomfortable. So what I found was I got to get the kids to feel comfortable as soon as possible. So when I'm working with them, I make as much noise. I make, I put loud music on and just try to get them distracted and uncomfortable. I said, well, we could do these drills and you feel comfortable and doing them and confident. You could do anything you want to do outside of this room. And most of the time you take people out of their comfort zone and try to put them in a sport. It's a bad combination. They could be as all athletic as all get out. But once they say that kid might could beat me, all of a sudden you see his athleticism drop. You're like, Hey, what happened? No, he's uncomfortable. And so what I, what I try to teach my kids and you, they hated me for it. I mean, they probably like me now, but at the time, <laughs> I, I mean, I always put them in uncomfortable situations. I told them it's not who you going against. It's not who's with you. Your job is to play your best, do what you're supposed to do. And when you can help that person, cause that's going to help you as well. I said, you help them, you guide them. You don't have to tell them and bark at them. That's not, that's not what you do. You guide them, give them confidence. Hey man, I'm going to throw you this ball. Hey, just make the shot. You shoot it. Don't worry about it. I get the rebound for you and we'll do it again. Whatever it may be, you playing football, whatever you missed the block. I'm hey, I'm there to help you and back you up. So you just try to give them simple little guidance, not a big paragraph of what to do. You just something little simple. One step, two step, whatever it may be. And that that's how we that's how we grew. That's how we went. And you know, I try to teach the kids is being, hey, watch the court, see who's uncomfortable. And then you figure out why they're uncomfortable. And then that that decides the deciding factor. You have a fantastic teammate, um, and your wife. Um had had some her the own issues, right? Difficult pregnancies, sicknesses. Yeah. You were you tore your ACL with my favorite team, the Steelers, after um, being a sixth round draft pick. Right. It was always something, right? Yeah. It's it's always something for Baron Miles. It's just never smooth sailing. How do we go from being bitter to always being better? Because you found a way over time to just constantly encourage, constantly push, constantly support. And I'm watching you from afar. And I'm like, there has got to be some dark days. I mean, that's his life partner. These are his kiddos. This is his career. Like, how how do you change that one letter? How do you go from bitter to better? It, it, to me, I, I looked at it as that was my path, the one that I was supposed to take. Yes, I was drafted, sixth round, but I looked at it positively. The draft day, I was sitting at in New Jersey. Deion Figures, the starting cornerback, he was in California, got shot through a car door. I'm the only cornerback coming in from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So six round or not, I'm the only corner coming into camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a shot. That was all I needed. I got my shot. All right. All I need is a shot. Get in the door, get in there. Now leave it open. Let's go. 
So I get there, have mini camp. I'm I'm killing it. Yeah, baller. Coaches are going crazy. Like I can't believe we got this kid. I don't know how we did it. Um, yes, I was slated as being a almost starter to the nickel, and we go to training camp, and I'm like, all right, I'm on a roll. We get into the first preseason game. They knock on my door. All right, Baron, you're starting today. I'm like, yes, all right. And then same time, phone ring. Hey, your wife, just, everything's fine. Your wife just get life flighted. Going to the hospital. Um, she said, still play in the game. Do your thing. And that, that sounds like her yeah. personality. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. I mean, she's a football line. She's 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 been around it, and um, that happened. But second kickoff, I tear my ACL. But at the same time, as to me, I looked at it as, yeah, that's the end of my football career. But at the same time, I get to be with my wife and my daughter, soon to be daughter. So I had a chance to go back and spend that time with them because I got hurt. Mm. So I didn't keep my head down. I didn't do it, look at it that way. I said, all right, someone was telling me I needed to be back in Omaha, Nebraska with my wife and, and, and kid and supporting them. So that's the way it ended up. And now it's up to me to rehab and do what I'm supposed to do to get back on the football field. And that's what I did. And it just so happened that it wasn't with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It ended up being in the CFL. And my all three of my kids got to watch me play football day in and day out. And how can I say that's a bad life? I, I can't. Is so it, that's, that's why, you know, it's not a bitter. Right. Do you – does your childhood and the way you grew up – and I just go back to, like, the water cooler, right, like waiting in line for 20 minutes. Like, does that <laughs> – the adversity that you faced, do you think, does it ever, did it or does it ever cross your mind like, oh, I could be back in New Jersey waiting for 20 minutes for some water? I told you, we ain't never waiting for no more water. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I that, so that's, that's the motivation, right? Like, that's, and, that's and, everyday and full, stuff. And full disclosure, B, he opened up last week. My my jaw dropped, right? Because I've known him forever, and we started talking about this whole father-son thing, which we're going to get into with you, okay. and how his relationship was so strained for, 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 with his dad. Right. And he said, I'm just telling you, like, right, wrong, or indifferent, I couldn't tell you if my dad is alive today or not. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I know where he is roughly, but I don't yeah. know. And I'm, and I'm just looking. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that motive, it's just, you just never know what the catalyst is that could right. spawn greatness, yeah. right? Yeah. You just, you, you don't know. Yeah. You just, it, it's, yeah, it was one of those things that through all that, it didn't matter. Listen, was, I'm not going back to drink. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I'm not drinking. My, my, mine is, my, it, it, Quentin, this isn't about me, it's about you, but mine is, I'm never drinking powdered milk again because that's how i grew up like okay. we're not doing that and my kids are not doing it. like that is like it for me so that's like my water water <laughs> cooler thing cool. right yeah. Gotcha. so yeah, yeah. Bar baron how did you see i had this this story this this morning on the show i said you know cluster asked me on twitter yesterday our former teammate 
Yes. He was asking about our recruiting story and why we chose Nebraska and this, that, and the other. And I got to thinking about, um, like, what I didn't know, what I did know, what I would do over again. People tell this story like Nebraska was perceived as, like, this these winners, right? right. And I, I try to tell people, 89, 90, 91, 92, that yeah. wasn't the perception. No. The perception is, why would you go there? They don't beat anybody good, especially <laughs> on national television. Yeah. And my... Now listen, you're you're tucked up there in the corner doing your thing in New Jersey. Am right. I making that up? Like the the only thing the only thing is um is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Nebraska is known for Thanksgiving, yeah. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Right. That was, that was the big game because my brother was a huge Nebraska fan, and I just happened to be Jamil Holloway, Oklahoma. And that's who I wanted to be. Jamil Holloway coming out. And I wanted Oklahoma to recruit me. And they didn't recruit me. When did you think Nebraska turned the corner from kind of the highly talented, right? We don't have to go through the – there's the Mike Krolls, the Pickens. The, right. There, there's a lot of really good individual players. Mike Kroll from right up there close to where you're at. Okay. When do you think Nebraska turned the corner chemistry-wise to become a little bit more selfless to get – over the hump because you're right dab smack in the middle of it after Florida state. Yeah. I think, I think it was, I don't know. It was when, when people, you couldn't go home for the summer no more. (laughs) (laughs) You felt guilty, right? People would get on you. Yes, you was going to lose your job and somebody else was going to have your job if you went home in the summer. That, facts. Yeah. Like, so people, like, really don't believe. That's real, right? Yeah. You you remember those days where, yeah. let alone the summer, how about if you just got hurt? If you got hurt, yeah. That wasn't even, that wasn't even the question. You didn't get hurt. You couldn't get hurt. <laughs> you, there was no way. You're not taking my rep. That was, yeah. he's like, no, unless coach pulls me out, I'm not going out. No. But no, the summer, yeah, if you missed the summers and you weren't there for them workouts and guys getting better, he's like, man, hey, you just lost your spot because yep. they ain't here working. <laughs> and so people people stopped going home. They was like, man, I can't go home. And that was it. That, did, was, that was it. Did you, did you find it weird or kind of struggle or that, that the, the great Coach Osborne, no tongue, no, no tongue in cheek, I mean, I'm being serious, that the – the same guy that you saw in 91 and 92 was the same person that we saw in 93 and 94. People make it seem like there was some, some switch that, oh, man, you know, the 3-4. Yeah, the 3-4 helped. I'm not disputing that. But his ability to stay the course and turn it over to trust the team. Yes. Walk, yes. walk, walk, walk us through that. He 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 believes he he went from uh, seniors play only <laughs> to the best player plays, and that's to me that that was that was the telltale sign because mm. when I was sitting on the bench, we played Florida State the first time when Kez McCorry was scorching us. I said, Coach, I can guard him. And I didn't play at all. 
And I'm like, I can guard him. And he, I didn't play. Then that next year, it was just like, you're playing. Do your thing, whatever. And I'm guarding Kez. I'm like, this was easy. It was, that was when we lost to Charlie Ward and them, though, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Orange Bowl. But still, it was the point of, I'm like, those are the things that I saw happen to, hey, we're going to get the best athletes on the field no matter what. And you had to compete for your job. And that, that's what I saw him do. And he was a man of his word. It wasn't like a magic switch. He just, like you said, he trusted in us to say, we're going to do what we needed to do. And we governed ourselves, if that was the, the better word for it. We, we took ownership of us. If you're messing up, hey, we had goons, be honest. Yeah. We, yeah. We, had a bunch of, we had a bunch of goons. You, you didn't step out of line. It was, <laughs> hey, let's get this right. From the top to the bottom, it didn't matter. You was just like... Nah, you nah, ain't messing up. Nah, let's, we got to go to work. We, we talked about this. You're perfect to ask because you coach now. And yes. you, you, you've, you've seen your son, your daughters. They have to thrive in different environments. What yes. did we do, not wrong, but where did we go different where peer-to-peer criticism is now like this terrible not thing okay. or it's yeah. not okay or we've – all of a sudden, learn not to handle being criticized by our peers. Because for us at that time, that was the difference. Your peers holding yes. you accountable. Like, accountable. Like, how do you walk your kids through being corrected, being corrected by people in, of similar ilk or vein, and, and you know, your, your, your peers, and being okay with knowing, okay, they know what they're talking about. I need to receive that better versus, eh. You're probably not for me. Like that's where the magic is. It is. That is it. I think um, what I try to help my kids with is understanding that what you know, someone else may view it as something different. Doesn't mean it's wrong or right. It's just different. And so they may see it and may be able to help you correct it a little bit better, or they can make it even worse. So when someone gives you a criticism, your teammate, classmate, whatever it is, they give you constructive criticism, be open to it. Just be open to it. All right. Let me, so let me, let me slide this in. This is the fastest 40 minutes in, <laughs> in podcast history. So kind of when you let go of Junior, when you, yeah. when you say, okay, hey, do your thing. This is different. He's obviously an offensive guy. You were a defensive guy. I've watched him this first year. And this isn't just because of how I think of you. Um, tremendous toughness. He's a tremendous competitor. The staff says the same thing. When did you know, okay, time to let go. You go do your thing. Your family's instilled what we can in you. Here you go. That was uh, 2013. Oh, he was young. Oh. Yeah, 2013. That's, I think that's when we moved back to we moved to Arizona, I believe. No, that's too too early. Might have been 14. Might have been 14 um, when we first moved to Arizona. 
And the reason why we moved to Arizona, I told him, I said, I want you to understand what it's like to get your butt kicked and you're not the best athlete. Wow. I said, I want you to understand that just because you're better than someone don't mean you can't grow anymore. I said, I want you to have that edge. So when you go to Arizona and a coach or somebody see you playing on the playground, they're going to stop and say, hey, do you train with anybody? I want to train you. I said, if you're athletic enough, you're going to get somebody to do that. Because that's the way it happened to me. Guy saw me throwing a football. He was like, hey, man, I can help you. Because he saw something in me. And so we got to Arizona. A kid said, oh, man, we got the new kid. I'm about to go score on this. He called me from home. He called me. I was up in Canada. He said, Dad. I said, well, did he score? He said, yeah, he scored on me. I was like, all right, so what you got to do? He said, oh, he won't score again. I said, that's the start of it. And so that's when I knew right then and there. I said, all right, I can let him go. And then just so happened, I said, well, he said, yeah, the the coach of that team trains him on. So he just took it. It just went from there. Then as they got into high school, that coach dropped him. Not dropped him. He was just too old for him. And then Toby Wright took over. Your former teammate. Former teammate. Then then Toby started training and taking him to to, to his gym. And they started working together with, with Javen. So um, that was that was a blessing as guys. So that was when I knew, okay, I could let him go. I taught him enough. I told him it seemed harsh at the time. I said, he said, I just want you to be dad. I said, I don't have time Ooh. to be dad. I don't have time <laughs> to be dad right now because I'm teaching you how to survive and be competitive and know and let you know what's coming at you. So if I'm dad, I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be concerned and not push you enough. I said, so I'm, I'm tough on you now. So when you, you are in college, I could be dad. I became dad this, this, these last two years because he got it now. He has it. He said, I know what it takes. I know how to get up in the morning. I know when I'm supposed to be up for treatment, I better have my butt up earlier than I'm supposed to be and be there. I don't have to tell him that anymore. He could do that on his own. So that's where it all came from. I said I needed to be a coach and coach you hard early, and then I became dad later. Mm. I I gotta slide this. So in. you, <laughs> I've asked everybody, right? Yeah. Noonan, Christo, Crouch, Hoskinson, uh, Velan with his daughter. I talked to Toby. When did I go? So, so Cluster's kind of been like my he's kind of like that little guy that sits on my shoulder because he's not nastier he's just he he's a lot more secure than me (laughs) i'm insecure so i still worry about what people think right i told him the other day and and my son is one of my kiddos is just a sophomore he's got a chance to be okay and we were talking about kind of handing him off right right and he's like, hey, you know, as long as you trust me. And I say, you know, there's things that I can instill in him that you can't and vice versa. And you know what I couldn't get over? It's just funny to hear you say that. And Alvin Mitchell was the same way with Sharif. You got, there's something about some of you guys that can draw the line between compassion and parenting and 
in 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 and getting yeah. them ready for the real world and being willing to risk not necessarily being well liked, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how you trust that they're going to come back to you. Uh, it, it's it's tough. That's having a, it uh, has uh, to be. I mean, it, people are listening yeah. to you right now, and they're like, "He asked you to be his dad, and you yeah. say, no. Eh, <laughs> that's not what you need right now.' That's part of being a dad, though, is knowing." What's right. ultimately going to be good for? Him. Yes, just a different way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. Oh no, I I was probably the most hated man in the house for a while, but that's when you tell me you want to do something. All right, I know the avenue you need to take. That's not it right now. You're sitting on your butt right now. You just told me you wanted to be here. You sitting there and not getting there. Come on, let's get up. We need to go run. We need to go do something. If I said, all right, sit there, relax, all right, take your time. When it's time for him to do that and go to college and go off on his own, he's going to sit down first. He's not going to take that step out there and get into the world and go, all right, my, dad, you didn't prepare me enough. Now it's going to still come back on me. So I'm going to do the hard thing first. We're going to still be a family no matter what. And then once he makes it to where he needs to go and he's in a, he's up there now. All right. I don't need to do all this. All that stuff is around you. I taught you enough that, you know, Hey, I remember dad telling me this, it all draws back. Cause even the other day I had a conversation with him. He said, dad, you know, you always telling me this. I said, I don't know if you heard me. Hmm. Remember the time you, you yelling and screaming at me. Like I'm telling you something out of the sun. He, he's like, dad, I already know this stuff. I, I, I know, I got you. you. You telling me, I said, all right, reconfirm with me then. Say, dad, I remember you telling me this story already. All right, I'm good. I don't need to ask you anymore. Yeah. So I'm just dad. I call him, say, hey, how's your day? What's going on? All right, leave the girls alone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, so it. That's my issue now. <laughs> so it's kind of like an attack, attack first mentality, I guess. It is. It. it, it, it God, it that's really interesting. Is. No, it, I have been there. I told him. I said, I, I've seen it. I said, I'm small, especially at the time. He was probably he was shorter than me at the time. He was five, 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 seven. I'm going. If you stay short, dude, you got a long way to go. I said, your mentality got to you got to go up. Let's go. And so we we always pushed. It was all right. Man, I knew you. I, I, I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> I but say it, that, but see, now I'm moved again. Yeah. yeah. How do you, I need to go back and just be mean. I'm, I'm going home and I'm yelling at my kid. I'm just telling you, you're not tough enough. <laughs> I'm going to be like, he's going to be like, Dad, what are you doing? I, I'm getting ready to tip here. I'm, hey, man, I was just talking to Barry Miles, man. He said, I. I cut you too much slack. Got some motivation. <laughs> but but honestly, honestly, D, I think my real motivation was when I took my kids to go train with somebody else, mm -hmm. I want them to go and say, I could train them all day. Because they knew how to step. They knew how to get in line and pay attention and just do the little things already. That's what I was teaching them. Dude, you don't, nobody wants you joking around and playing all the time when they're trying to train you, teach you something. And so when, when I take them to go train with somebody else, they go, man, they could train with me anytime they want. Drop them off anytime you want. They was begging for me to bring them just because they worked. And they, they stayed in line and they did what they're supposed to do. They knew when they got in that work environment, 
what that work environment meant. And I, most kids today don't understand it. They just say, man, it's here to socialize. I know you only had an hour. I'm going to get you out of here on this. I got to yeah. tell you this, though, just for confirmation. So a couple months ago, I'm watching that practice. This uh, God is my witness. This is a true story. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching Junior. And you told the story about the water fountain, which I had you we first time first time I've ever heard that. He's getting reps, and I said, "Oh, I said he's on the wrong end of the field. He needs to be with the with the older guys, mm-hmm. right?" I'm just I'm watching him catch pass after pass. Two guys jumped in line in front of him. He pulls him. He takes him by the waist. He pulls <laughs> him back, and he goes and gets the rep. I looked at. I was talking to to uh, to to Barrett's brother, Bo Root. Oh, yeah. And I go, if that's not his, I swear to goodness, I said, if that's not his dad, you are not cutting that guy. <laughs> you're not getting his rep because you're not about to look better than him. Right. I you you probably you had no idea because I mean it was just only a couple of guys. I'm telling you, that's exactly what he did. He pulled yeah. the guy out of line. He was like, "No, nah, I got this." Yeah. And you know who it was? It was Demarion Houston. You know where Demarion Houston is? Not yeah. in Lincoln. <laughs> God no. is my witness. But I okay, real quick. Um, when we first got to Arizona, Arizona has these big high schools. I mean, it's it's crazy. We drove around and we watched their spring practice. And so we went around different high schools that he's thinking about going to, and you saw maybe 300 kids out for practice. It's ridiculous. And we stood behind, I stood, I parked the car behind, you know, they were doing like offensive drills or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw a whole big line of kids. And then I pointed out the last kid in the back. I said, that's not who you want to be. (laughs) When, when, when you're standing out here at practice, you don't want to be this kid in the back. I said that was my motivation for him. Was like, you when you come out here and you come to play, he was still in the eighth grade at the time. It was just I was just telling him. I said, you do not when you see all these kids, you think how, how are you going to get in front of that line? And I just kept telling. Him. Went to the next school, same thing. I said, see, same kids. It ain't a coincidence that the kids are in the back. They've naturally going in the back. They ain't nobody telling them to go back there. They just feel that I don't belong. No, again, again, it's all about comfort. How, how comfortable and confident do you feel in your ability to perform? When I get out there, can I perform? I said, it's football. You've been playing football your whole life. Go play. We probably That's should. All. We should. We probably should have started oh, with yeah, this one. Yeah. What's in a legacy and what's in a name? Uh, <laughs> man, best in the business, man. I, I'm so proud to call you a friend, and and uh, it's pretty pretty easy to see why you've been successful. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it a lot. Man, that was good. That's uh, Baron Miles. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's just hard not to be around him and, and, and be competitive and yeah. want to get – because he's going he's gonna to bring it out of you. And it's you have hot, to be willing it, to take it, it. It's hot outside, and I've been outside, but now I feel like I want to go run a couple miles. Yeah, he, he, listen, <laughs> listen. he doesn't mess around. Baron, we appreciate your time, man. Be well. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Hey, don't oh, miss man. the next pod episode. It is playing it forward. We're going to keep, keep trying to bring the good stuff. Sasha, behind the scenes. That's my man, Mike Sutter. I'm ODB. Thursday drop. Don't you miss it. A Huda Media Production.